Well, holy shit, I actually managed to do it. After procrastinating for ages, I finally managed to produce an audiobook version of the Lunatic Fringe book. It's currently available on all Amazon sites, audible.com, and shortly on iTunes. And if you're the page-turning type, it's also, of course, still available in Kindle form, paperback, and uh, hardback on Amazon. Ten hours and ten years worth of Blue Skies Magazine's articles, all available to you right fucking now, including a few author's notes and even an apology or two. Enjoy. In a world... Mate, hold up. We said we're done with the serious intros. Who's it? Well, we did. I don't remember that. Well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world... Uh, Hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own, then. Well, technically, I already am, so... Anyway, fuck yeah, pure wild flight. Get it down, ya. How good? Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well, obviously, you moron, we both do. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker, and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. And Zero Sports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, They'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So the equipment is top of the line kick-ass stuff as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. 
The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, live and in person, second time around, but a little bit more personal on this one. Who the fuck are you and what do you do? My name is Pablo, Pablo Hernandez. I'm from Spain. I'm a skydiver, I'm a jumper. I live in Dubai for the last 10 years, and my job has changed a lot over the last 20 years in skydiving, but right now I'm helping Skydive Dubai to coordinate special projects, events, TV commercials, social media campaigns, things like this. Nice. It's amazing how many different facets there really are in a sport that just involves jumping out of planes and off of shit. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's incredible, you know? Like for me, I, I, I come from all the way from the beginning. Yeah. So from the ground looking up to the sky, all the way through packing parachutes for a couple of years, all the way through filming tandems, doing tandems. Sure. Co- uh, training, competing teaching, uh, canopy piloting, and then all the way through going back again full cycle into tandems, filming, video. Right. And now for the last four years with uh, with Skydive Dubai with special projects. Wow. It's crazy. I mean, and now how many years ago was the first jump? How many years you've been in the sport? I did my first tandem in 97, I believe, and then I started jumping in 99. Okay, so we're basically same. I mean, 27 years since our first jumps. Yeah. Yeah, time flies. Time flies. That's weird, right? Yes. It's because it doesn't seem, I mean, it seems like a long time. At the same time, it doesn't seem like it took any time at all. Yeah. For me, the most impressive when I think about trying to add years or, cal- or calculating years, I th- the most interesting number is that I have been working in skydiving, you know, paying my bills thanks to skydiving in one way or the other. All right. Since 2003, so almost 20 years. Isn't that crazy? It's uh, it's incredible. Especially since it used to be the biggest question you would get when somebody found out you worked in skydiving was, you can make money doing that? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, enough, right? Enough. Yeah, yeah. Enough. But, but it, I mean, when I first made my very first skydive, I didn't think, oh my God, this is something I could like go be. This is something I'm just, I just did that. You know, I didn't think I could go be a skydiver. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. Like, we are so, so happy, you know, so lucky yeah, yeah. to be able to do what we do. So jump us back to the beginning. How'd you get started? Uh, um, how'd that first jump come about? Uh, were you going to be anything else? Um, had Were there other plans before you started skydiving? So for me, it's, it's in the blood. It's in the family. My grandfather, he was a pilot on the Republican military group during the Spanish Civil, civil War. Wow. Uh, so he was on the Republic side, and then there was the the fascist uh, authoritarian dictatorship yeah, yeah. military group in Spain. So he was a, a com- air combat pilot. Wow! And uh, he flew he flew aircrafts that, that were donated from Russia 
So Russia gave and delivered the aircrafts to the Republican side. Wow. So he had to go to Russia to train how to fly those planes. <laughs> Polikarpov I-95, I believe it's the name. Like mm. you can you can look online and it's just a, a really short fuselage with a massive radial engine. Okay. It's very interesting to see how this thing could fly yeah, you know, yeah. in combat. So they attached two shotguns <laughs> on it and, and went and fly. No shit. To kill each other. So he went to Russia, did the training, went back to Spain, and then he fighted air to air. And he got shot down twice. <laughs> twice? Twice. So I don't know how good of a pilot he was, <laughs> but he was a good skydiver. He was a good skydiver. <laughs> he was a good skydiver. So he got shot, shot down once and then had to jump, opened the round parachute, impacted, landed. He got rescued, all good, put back into service. Wow. And then a few months later, he flew again, got shut down again. And then this time, uh, fuselage on fire. So he burned all his uh, all his body, face, skin, like he's fully burned. Uh, landed on enemy territory. Wow. Uh, he had to pee himself. To, 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 you know, to just cool down right. the burns. Oh. And then uh, he landed on enemy territory and then he got caught. Wow. He got caught and then he got put in prison for two years oh. until he managed to just get out of it. Right. You know, after, after at the end of the war. That is the most intense origin skydiving story I've ever heard. Yeah. So l long story short, like he had to jump from the plane twice, right? That's that's the that's the story. Wow. But then years later, decades later, uh, my par my father came into picture. You know, he was born. He he was eighteen, nineteen years okay. old, and then his father, my grandfather, told him, "I would like to jump again, but this time I would like to do it for fun." You know? Sure. I would like to do it as a sport. Not on fire? Not on fire, exactly. <laughs> Not on fire. So he took his two sons, my father and his brother, and then took them to the to the sport civilian club. Mm. And then they all went through the grand school. And my grandfather never showed up again. Really? At the club. Never. <laughs> but then my father and uncle, they went through the course. They went through the grand school. They, they did static line course, of course. This is in the 70s. Sure. Early 70s from a Cessna 182, I guess. And then they went through the course, became skydivers. They both jumped a lot. And then uh, I, 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 was a, I was a kid in skydiving, you know, so. So you were or, one of, the, you were one of the, the drop zone punks that was running around all over the place. Yeah. One of those uh, pain in the ass kids that nice. go all around <laughs> asking questions and they think they know everything. I knew everything about skydiving. I knew sure. about the Cypress. I knew about every single device and. I was I was very interested from the first day, you know. Nice. Like for example, my I have a daughter now. She's seven years old, and she doesn't really care, right, for what I do, right. you know, for for skydiving, and it's totally fine for me. It's sure. great. It's sure. great. Yeah. But I was the kid that really he wanted to do that, you know, like right. every single weekend he wanted to do that. So I was packing parachutes from the age of eleven. Wow. Years old. To my father and his friends, some nice, good, hard openings <laughs> here and there on sabers. Yeah, well, and Saber I mean, ones. at 11 years old, most of the canopy must have still been on the ground. <laughs> yeah. You were packing lines. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know how I was doing it. Like now I think back, and the, the pack jobs were shit. Oh know? wow, they were horrible. But my father and his friends they found it, they find it funny, you know, to give a few dollars to to Pablo, sure. to pack a few parachutes so they didn't have to pack. And of course, the pack jobs were cheap. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, eleven years old, I'm packing parachutes, and I want to jump. I want to jump. I want to jump. So I did a couple of tandems here and there. Right. And then I think I did seven or eight tandems uh, until I was 14 years old. Okay. I'm always packing. I'm always packing and I want to jump. And then finally, you know, one day my father told me, okay, you passed the, you passed the course no, at, at school. You yeah, passed yeah. the grade. Yeah. Not great, but hey, at least you passed it. Right. You know? <laughs> so I think it's time for you to jump. Nice. And uh, jumping when you are 14 years old in Spain, uh, it was not legal. Mm. And it's not legal sure. still. Sure. So we just uh, we just rented a plane. We rented a Cessna 182. Uh, of course, we know the pilot, you know. We rented it. We went to an airfield in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, we had a proper static line instructor, my father. Right, right. And then we attached the static line to the seat of the pilot. <laughs> and uh, and that's it. And that was the that was my so my course, my skydiving course. Your course was full bandit, full, full, that, and uh, and it gets better. You know, it gets a bit better than that because right now we are in the middle of nowhere. We are we, we are with a Cessna 182. My father attaches a static line and he sees me jumping from the plane, and I do that for five six times, I think. Right. And then from there, I did a couple of uh, free falls. Okay. For five seconds. Yeah. yeah. Five, 10 seconds, you know, like you exit, arch, and then try to find the handle, pull the handle. All right. I was a bad student. Like I was, I was horrible. I was scared. Sure. I was afraid. So I jumped out. I move my arms. I move my legs. I lose the stability. I, I go on my back. This is my first, we call it manual in Spain. Yeah, yeah. The first manual, right? Like you are in free fall for the first time, five seconds and you have to pull. So I get out from the plane. I'm on my back. Uh, I pull the ripcord anyway. The spring comes out between my legs. I'm <laughs> on my back like a turtle, you know, yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. like a turtle. The spring comes out through my legs, and my first reaction is to grab the bridle. Like, I grab the bridle. <laughs> that was my first reaction, you know, to, to hold onto something. That didn't last it for, few, for long, you know, yeah. like the, that pilot shoot, the spring. That thing is strong. It's so strong, yeah. So it got out of my hand straight away, and, and I did a backflip through, parachute open, amazing. Aye, Done aye, it. Yeah, yeah. For, by the way, for the the uh, younger listeners, the newer jumpers, uh, the rigs that we used to jump had big fucking springs on our backs, and it was a spring-loaded pilot chute, a lot like a reserve pilot chute, um, that shot off your back. This was not you grabbing a pud and throwing out a pilot chute. You were literally pulling a rip cord uh, to shoot a spring off your back. So this was a while ago. Yeah, and and, and of course, some of the rigs we were jumping, uh, I was jumping, they were not uh, in, in, in great <laughs> conditions, you know? So some of the springs, of course, those springs, they lose power, they lose sure. strength. Sure. So it was, sometimes they couldn't, they didn't come out from the harness, you know, like you had to hit it with your elbow or somebody had to hit it for you. Yeah. Anyway, thanks God we are not there anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so back to that story to finish, uh, I did two jumps like this, free fall for five seconds. And then, and then my father told me, I think we are ready. We are ready. We are ready for what? So we faked my ID. 
I'm 14 years old. We faked my ID really bad. Right. You know, with the uh, Typex. Right. Yeah, so a little bit of that white material uh, on top of the yeah. number. <laughs> Change the number. So instead of, you know, 85, let's put 87. All right. And then, uh, and then I went to the drop zone. We went to Empuria Brava. Really? We went to skydive Empuria Brava. At this time, I have 10 jumps, five static lines, five manual, free fall. And I don't know anything about free fall. I don't know anything about skydiving, really. Right, like, right, I mean, right. about jumping, right? All I know is a static line, small plane. I did two free falls from 5,000 feet. And now I'm in Empuria Brava. Uh, and then, of course, the drop zone owner, a great friend from my father for for many years. Right. Uh, Ivan Kofal, great friend. He was the drop zone owner. And then Ivan was cool, you know, like Ivan is, he's, he's a really cool guy and he loved the sport. He loves the sport. I saw him a few years ago on the tunnel here in Dubai. Oh, nice. He was training eight way with the South African national team, you know, and, and he's, he's probably on his fifties, I guess, uh, late fifties. So he loves the sport basically. Sure. So we went to the drop zone. We went to Empuria Brava. He saw me, imagine a 14 year old face. Yeah. Yeah. He's look at the ID, 16, 17 years old. And he knew me, you know, from all those years, just going there, visiting, looking yeah, at the yeah. sky, asking questions, getting in trouble on the packing mat. And he was cool. He was like, okay. <laughs> Plausible <Go>. deniability. <laughs> Go. Have a good time. And that's it. You know, like here we are now at this massive drop zone, on a, jumping from a twin otter, plane going to 13,000 feet. Yeah, yeah. I have never done this before. I have done two free fall jumps. I don't know how to arch. Right. Uh, I pulled my ripcord, thankfully, twice. I don't know if I'm going to do it again a third time. All right. Know? So, and that's it. And I jumped with my father and his friends, and they did. Uh, they they held me in free fall, each of them holding on one side. None of them had AFF ratings. <laughs> right. None of them. Like, really old school skydiving, you know, from a small club in Spain. No ratings, just holding on my side. Probably... Uh, creating more trouble than helping me. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember a couple of jumps just spinning, turning, 360, you know, keep turning, turning until it's pull time. And then I pull the ripcord and oof, yeah, one more. Yeah. So that was my first experience on a, on a big drop zone, really. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's quite the story. It's, uh, it's crazy, man, because now I'm a father, you know? So... Especially that, right? I mean, <laughs> it's insane. it changes the perspective. As soon as you've got kids too and you look back and you go, holy shit, the, uh, the stuff I did, I would never. <laughs> unbelievable, man. Like there is no way I will take my daughter through all this kind of training. You yeah, know? no. No way. But but thanks God I did. Yeah. Amazing. Like what a cool father, you know, like uh, so supportive, pushing me to do it. I really wanted to skydive. Sure. I really wanted to. But I had just the perfect combination, like a good setup, my father helping and pushing through. Sure. Breaking all the rules. Sure. You know, doing all the illegal things to get his son in the air. Right. Well, different times too, right? Yes. Very, very different times. Yes. And good people that helped and supported over the years. Sure. Like, uh, of course, the next couple of years, we kept going to Empuria Brava. So next year, I'm 15 years old, <laughs> and it's still... Uh, illegal yeah, yeah but you know it's still illegal but i'm like okay so we are not gonna fake the idea again let's use the same id 87 right i was born sorry i was born in 83 right. 83 yeah on the fake id 
83. So we go to the drop zone. Ivan looks at the ID. Okay, so you are 16 again. Uh, yes. Okay, go through. Next year, again. Again, he looks at my ID. So you are 16 years old again. Nice. Yes, perfect. Don't you wish we could do that now? Now you are legal, you know? <laughs> I wish we could do that now. <laughs> Again, going back to the point, is it the right way? Yeah. I don't know. Nah. I don't know if it's the right way. It See, worked. For me, it worked. See, but that's the that's the great part about the stories, especially the ones that come from back then, is that you can't do that shit now. You no. just you, you can't, but that's what makes for such wonderful stories. Yes. Nobody gets mad at you now. They're like, you did what? Yeah. And it's not a, oh my God, how dare you? It's a... Good job, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You you stepped out of the line. Yeah. Incredible. You, you Good got for away you. With it. you. Good got for away you. With it. Yeah. Now, now talking uh, especially about the father type stuff, you said your your daughter's not particularly interested in jumping. How would you feel if she got bit by the bug and decided she really wanted to be a jumper? I have mixed feelings, man, because uh, it's weird, right? It, yeah, mixed feelings because it's it's dangerous, you know, like what we do, it's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I think anybody who has been jumping for a long time has had many close calls. Yeah. Like not one, not two. Like we all had a few, yeah. right? A few close calls. Even even impacts. Like we have hit the ground hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ground, water. And I don't know. I don't I'm I don't know if 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 I really will will support it. You know? Yeah. I mean, my daughter's done a couple of jumps and she didn't get bit by the bug. She enjoyed it. She had a lot of fun doing it. She had spectacular views. She got to jump over Dubai both times and did then one other jump in the States, but has no desire to go be a skydiver, which is... Whew, I think you're lucky. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean... As a father, you yeah, know, as, as a, a father... Because I tell the general public, and I, I sincerely mean it, skydiving is ridiculously safe nowadays. If you do it the right way, it really is a safe sport, unless it's my kid. <laughs> exactly. Okay, good. Yeah. I was For a second, I was thinking, oh, man, that's not how I sit. Yeah. Know? No, no. It's, it's definitely dangerous. And it's funny because you say, you know, every skydiver has probably had one or two close calls. But what skydivers consider close calls... And what the normal public considers close calls are very different things. Yeah. Because per the normal public, skydivers have close calls like twice a day, mm -hmm. right? To us, it's maybe once every couple of years you have one where you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But if, I, if I can add a small correction to what I said, I think commercial skydiving, like the tandem operation, oh, the yeah. AFF courses, all that is super safe. Sure. What is... Not so safe is once you are jumping alone yes. and it's in your hand to follow all the procedures or not. Yeah. If you follow all of them, yeah, it can be quite safe. Sure. If you break some of them, then you put yourself on a, on a different side of the line and, well, ta and take more risk. For sure. Well, modern skydiving now, especially over the last, I want to say, 10 years, has gotten much better with mentoring programs and courses, right? I mean, especially you and I are the same generation of skydivers. Biggest way to get yourself killed in skydiving has always been under a perfectly good working canopy, right? It's always been frapping yourself in on a great parachute, Whereas now there are so many wonderful canopy courses and proper ways to learn how to do it that the statistics have changed dramatically, which is fantastic. Uh, whereas before, I mean, you were around for the, the beginning of the stiletto days 
and the toggle whippers that were just hooking themselves in from fucking a hundred feet. And I mean, wow, we went through some rough times. Yeah. <laughs> and they are, and they are still great parachutes, you know? Yes. Like it's still, still good. I, I had the chance to jump one a few years ago, one more time, you know, one of those, uh, Stilettos. Yeah, somebody and, laughed at me talking about them. Yeah, they're great. Man, they fly great. <laughs> yeah. They fly great. If you know how to fly them, they fly great. Yeah, they were great canopies. And I remember yeah. when they first came out, it was one of those ones where they said uh, um, the great marketing tool. And I don't know if it was a marketing tool if, or if it was honest that you had to have 500 jumps logged to be able to buy one. Mm-hmm. Of course, you could sidestep that by buying through Square One or ordering it online and all that stuff. So the proving 500 jumps was very easy to get around. But it was, of course, an amazing marketing tool. Because if you say, oh, holy shit, you got to have 500 jumps to have this? I got to have one of those. So everybody wanted one. Either Either it makes you jump more or it makes you lie more yeah exactly <laughs> exactly there were a, a lot of uh, uh pencil packing being done on logbooks to uh to get numbers up exactly well now you would know more than uh more than most the progression of canopies nowadays because it's funny it used to be the stiletto was the only canopy out there now there are so many canopies that m- make stilettos look almost like a student canopy that it's crazy the technology and the ability of these things nowadays is insane yeah it's unbelievable man i think it's getting almost to the point where where it's gonna be just too fast <laughs> for human beings to to run the you landings have, you, you know? have to have rollerblades on yeah like <laughs> i think the technology is just uh, improving so much you know and and developing the wings so quickly yeah that it's getting to the point where the the equipment is just very very advanced, and it's gonna be too advanced for a human being to pilot it well. You know. Yeah, I know. I because uh, I'll I'll get back into jumping once the doctors give me clearance after the the surgeries that I've had lately, and I will intentionally buy a more docile canopy than I've flown before. Because first off, I'll never be current enough to fly a lot of the higher performance wings, but I need something that's gonna be kind to me. Uh, but these high performance canopies, like the ones you guys fly when you're competing, man, you you have to stay super current on those because holy shit, man. Yeah, you have to, but it's not only in competition, you know, like every load now you look up in the sky and it's full of <laughs> Leyes and Valkyries. Yeah. You know, the, the skies are full of those machines. Yeah. And they are fast, man. Yep. And then it's just getting into the trend where everybody needs to have one of those canopies, you know, the fastest one. And the, to me, I think it's the, those parachutes, they are great for what they are. They are amazing flying canopies. They, the openings are good, but they are fast. Sure. And they are not just fast uh, horizontally across the ground. They are fast vertically, even without trying. Like, you don't have much time, you know, from yeah. from opening time to landing. Like, you don't have much time. Sure. You just have enough time to do your slider, to get comfortable on your harness, look around, release the brakes, get to your setup, and then, boom, throw your yeah. turn. Yeah. And now, if you have 20 people in the sky... All doing that. And they all have <laughs> that, that kind of parachute... Uh, there is no much room for error, you know, and it, there is not much time sure. to create separation between jumpers to have safe, clean approaches. Sure. Well, I'll ask you a controversial question. Do you think canopies like those are 
reasonable canopies to be using on a day-to-day camera tandem video type of operation or do you think it causes real potential danger it's a it's a intense question you know right yeah it's a, it's it's a very an, loaded question yeah it's an intense question intense question i think for me if, if you ask me this question 10 years ago i would be like no they are amazing for everything sure valkyries are the valkyries layers they are great for everything you yeah. know and now 10 years later you know i'm i'm getting older i'm getting close to to 40 now <laughs> soon yeah i'm getting close to 40 and i jump a saber 3 120 when i do uh, free fall jumps sure just for that reason you know because I want time in the air. Um, I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to get down quick, fast. I want to have time in the air to look around what's going on, take pictures, right? Like sure. Take a picture of, okay, what is this What is this scenario? What do I have to deal with? Think about. Sure. Um, with the Valkyries and Leias, like, there is not so much time to yeah, think yeah. about. There is time to do. There is no time to think about. You know? Well, there's even so, people shooting video on, on Petrus for fuck's sake. Yeah, amazing. It's not good or bad. It's amazing. I think sure. it's great. I think it's incredible. You know, if you can if you can do it and you can do it in a safe way, unbelievable. Go for it. Uh, for me, I just I think I need more time than than I used sure. to. You know, ten years ago I was good, all on, full on, hardcore, techno, hard techno. Sure, sure. But now I want time. Now I want uh, opera. Yeah. You know, chill, yeah. chill mode. Yeah, for sure. No, yes. I'm, I'm, I've I've backed off into the classical jazz, not the yes. punk. <laughs> yes, but I love to do hop and pops and take the smallest thing I can take. You know, sure. like I take a Peregrine sixty seven seventy one and and go charge. Sure, but on a hop and pop, it's a different setting, right? I mean, yes. it's 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 intentionally meant for exactly that. Exactly. And I ask that question from a pilot's perspective because normally a, a jump pilot isn't thinking the canopies that are being jumped. Uh, from the guys in the back uh, until I start finding that my timing for takeoffs and landings is actually changing simply because now there are conflicts between canopies in the air because the t- the videos are getting down so fast, they're conflicting with the second aircraft I've flown with their tandems. Yeah. So I'm delaying the loads specifically because the canopies for the camera flyers are coming down so fucking fast that it's causing a log jam down in the traffic pattern. So from just from a pilot's perspective, um, I see it as a huge issue. Um, from a jumper's perspective, I can see it both ways. And I'm lucky in that I'm both a jumper and a jump pilot. So I get it from both sides. Yeah. If I had something to add, it would be that currency is, is just Everything should be based on currency. Oh, yeah. Right? So, for example, all our videographers here in, in Dubai, Skadev Dubai, they do more than 1,000 jumps a year. Oh, yeah. Like in many, many other places around the world. So, if, if you are that current, then, of course, you can you can, drive, you can drive and fly one of those small, tiny canopies in a very safe way. Sure. Uh, I'm not jumping that much anymore. Sure. So, I, I take that in consideration for my canopy choices. You know, I'm doing 400, 500 jumps a year. Which, uh, which for some it could be a lot. For me, it's not enough. Sure, it's not enough to to jump a Valkyrie every day, every day all day when I decide to go jump. Sure. You know, so it's not enough. Five hundred jumps a year, it's not enough. So that's why if I choose to jump high speed parachute, I prefer to do it on a hop and pop setting. Sure, and yet not jumping enough, 
you're back in competition. I just watched you do some fucking great shit not that long ago. And by modern super standards, you're OG. <laughs> yeah, you know, like regarding competitions, I think I think for a few years I have been saying that uh, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> and then two years later, I do, I, I join again a couple of events and then, oh, it's enough. I had enough. And then one year later, I join another one. So right. I think it's, I think I'm going to keep doing, sure. doing, doing it. Uh, for as long as I enjoy it and in the amount that I really enjoy it, you know? Sure. So I'm just joining events when I really think that they are cool. Sure. I think events that I really want to join. What was the last big event you just did not that long ago? So the one I just did was the World Games. Yeah. World Games. And I, I really thought it was a really cool event because it's it's the closest it can get to a Olympic game uh, experience for skydivers. Sure. You know, like World Games, it's supposed to be the event, the big event where every four years they pick two sports from the World Games and they move them up to Olympic Games yep. and vice versa. They take two sports from Olympic Games and they move them down yep. to the World Games. So that way it keeps it, it keeps getting renewed, refreshed, you know, sure. new blood into the sports. And and also I think it gives uh, it gives the federations the right input to keep their sport interesting to the public so it can stay at the top tier sure. and not drop down into the second tier, which is World Games. Sure. You know? So for us as skydivers, it's the closest it can, it can get to Olympic Games. And that's why I really thought it was a cool event. And that's how they organize it. They organize it in a way that it makes you feel like you are a, you are an athlete. And, uh, and the venue is just incredible because it's not a drop zone. It's outside an airfield. Sure. They bring a helicopter, they build and set up a pond in a couple of weeks. There is trees all around. It's just uh, new, different, challenging. Sure. sure. Well, and you made a hell of a showing for yourself. Uh, you know, I, I, it was a 12-round competition, which is a very long competition. I did uh, two big mistakes and then the other nine jumps, uh, 11, nine jumps, 10 jumps. The other 10 jumps were great. Uh, I was eighth, I, I think, I believe, eighth overall. Which is uh, which is fair, you know. I go, I don't deserve at this point to do anything better than oh, that. Eighth out of a field of how many? Uh, nine. <laughs> no, 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 I think we were thirty-six or something like this. Dude, that's. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, uh, but I gotta ask, how does it feel uh, in uh, obviously modern social media? Everything gets out there quite quickly. Yeah. And so, as the results keep coming through daily and daily, you you see how people are doing. And a lot of the comments that I kept seeing was Pablo Hernandez. He's out there fucking doing it, man. OG and and uh, he's he's back in the game. And you're not an old guy. No, no. Like that's that's it. Everybody thinks I'm old, man. Everybody, yeah. Everybody thinks I I'm old because I look older. But I'm 37. Yeah, I still I still have time, you know. Yeah. And I I ask a few people around me like why, like you know like why you think I'm that old? I asked a friend recently, a good friend. I asked her why why did you thought I was that old? She thought I was 45. You know, really? like do I look old? Do I have wrinkles? Like right. what's going on with me? And she said, and I don't know if she wanted to be nice or or she was really trying to be honest. She said. Pablo, I have I have seen you teaching for many many years. I remember ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I have seen you teaching for a long time. Sure, uh, a lot of my instructors in Colombia. That's what she said. A lot of my instructors in Colombia. They were getting coached by you more than a decade ago. So I thought you were older. Sure. 
so I, I want to think that's the reason why. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, you figure, I don't want to say skydiving is a young sport because it's not. It's got ages from, you know, I mean, I think Lou Sanborn is still fucking jumping. He's licensed D1, you know, and he's in his, uh, he's got to be in his, his mid 80s or at least his early 80s. Holy shit. You know, I mean, all the way to, you know, kids that are jumping. Um, so there's a huge age range. And, and the, the great thing about jumping, of course, is that it's not age restrictive. You can keep going as long as physically you're healthy enough to do it. Um, but once you get known in this sport, it's not a big sport. So as long as that name has been bandied around for a while, all of a sudden you become the old guy. Or you know the old guys, right? I mean, I grew up on watching the Chronicles Free Fly videos. Me too. Yeah. Half <laughs> of the fucking kids that are listening to this podcast have no clue what a Chronicle Free Fly video is or barely know who Olaf Zipser is. And No, bro. The other, yeah. And that makes anti, us old. Anti-gravity, uh, crosswind. Right. You know, like crosswind, when you look at the movie Crosswind from Patrick Pass. Oh, like, it was epic. It still, looks, it, it still looks new and appealing, you yes. know? Like it's... It's fresh. It's it's great. What they do, the skills, the performance. It's amazing. Yeah, same with all the all the. Um, and they don't know about it. They haven't seen it. I you know, know, I was talking the other day with some people from the staff that when I talk to them, I think we are the same age. Right, right. And then I realize I'm maybe seven, eight years older. Yeah. So I talked to them, and maybe I mentioned the name of the movie, like Crosswind, and they were like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. Oops. Okay, let's." <laughs> let's talk about uh, something else. Well, let's and, change the subject. And we also work uh, at uh, uh, um, at a specific place that has a lot of young jumpers. Yes, uh, and, right. And it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. man. Like I was yesterday on one of the meetings at Skydiv Dubai. Yeah, uh, with all the new staff, which by the way, it's massive. Like hundred people, hundred people, hundred instructors. It's going to yeah, be this yeah. season. They are planning to do three hundred tandems a day, and I'm listening to the management. And man, they are young, you know, like young faces, all the guys leading, leading the operation, like sure. uh, they are late 30s, early 40s, and they do a really good job. They are passionate. They put time and effort. I'm like, wow, man, this is, this is good. You know, yeah. it's young blood taking it forward. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Instead of older people that it's always hard to change things. And we are, you are always, you know, the older you get, I think the, the harder it is to change. Oh, sure. So these young people on management, they are always willing to to adapt, change, innovate. Sure. And and do mistakes by changing, changing things and learn from them and then readapting. Yep. So sometimes, you know, we complain about, oh, it's always changing. <laughs> they are always changing. You know, they are right. changing this rule and this rule right. again and again and again. But, right. but what they are doing is trial and error, you know, like they, they keep changing to keep improving. And that's, sure. Sure. And that's, that's great. Well, and then you get, I mean, guys like me that get old and crusty and, and uh, have hit that point where I'm like, mm, I don't want to change anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like su suddenly uh, a guy shows up to you, you see his young face and tells you how to fly your plane or how to drop the jumpers, uh, how many degrees of flap, uh, what airspeed and... Yeah. yeah, and it's hard, you know. Like, yeah. you're not gonna tell me how to do this thing. Yeah, just yeah. do your thing. Makes you know? it a little bit difficult to swallow. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's probably it's easier sometimes to talk to a younger pilot, the new one. Sure, the new pilot, the the young one. You tell him what you need, what you want, and then uh, 
yeah, he could be more flexible, you know, to adapt sure. oh, to, your, God, yes. to your needs and requests. Oh, oh, oh. I, I've been uh, the first one to admit for a long time. I, I'd like to think that I'm the nicest asshole you'll ever meet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the plane, I'm probably a prick. On the ground, I'm going to be the first one to buy you a beer and give you a hug. But in the plane, shit, I want it. I want it a certain way, and that's just because I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. And, and and it's nice to see the young blood. That's the, it, it's. That they're adopting the old ways and trying to blend them with the new, which is great. Yes, 100%. Yeah, which is great. Speaking of, you have transitioned into a much different role that is also a really fucking cool role. I mean, you're helping to set up events and do different special things that, I mean, are being seen around the world with some of the cool stuff that's being being done, Yeah. Yes, man. Uh, thankful. You know, I'm just thankful and humble and appreciative to, to the opportunity offered by Scatter to Buy one more time uh, to be able to change paths a little bit, you know, and, and, and learn new things and, and have other opportunities. I think we always, we always see the grass greener in front of us. Sure. So people that work in the office, they want to go skydiving full time. Right. And then for me... All I know is skydiving. That's all I know, man. Yep. You know, so Office I'm thankful. Nice. I'm thankful that I get for once in my life now I can use my brain yep. and not just my body physically. Yeah. You know, so so I really, really enjoy it. I use my brain. I think I, I have to be creative. Uh, basically, what I do is I coordinate projects for Skydive Dubai. Skydive Dubai has a lot of resources, pilots, aircrafts. Jumpers, skydivers, mm. just like any other drop zone, you know, manifest and and when when there is a project, everybody has to be involved sure. in one way or the other. Sure. So, so just coordinating all those pieces, all those assets, uh, coordinate them th- together so the project can go forward. It could be a demo, it could be an exhibition, but it could also be a a shot, a stand sh- video shooting a stand for a TV commercial or a social media campaign for a local brand, a local company. Sure. Guinness World Records also. Uh, I was lucky to be able to coordinate three of them, three Guinness World Records here in Dubai since I joined the department, special projects. Anyway, just again, thankful and well, I mean, and appreciative of the opportunity. And also in a place that allows things that so much of the rest of the world would never allow you to do. I mean, pop and smoke standing on the tallest building in the world at night in a wingsuit. <laughs> where, where else? Landing on a swimming pool at the top of a building. Yes. On a, any given day. Yes. To do a just a demonstration jump. Sure. You know, things like this. Well, yeah. and I even think back to a number of years, and this would have been before you were with Special Projects, because I don't think there was a Special Project at the time when they did the dream jump off of Princess Tower. Princess Tower was the tallest residential building in the world at the time, and they built a fucking diving platform off the top of it and a zip line for base jumpers and people to zip line off of. And I'll never forget just taking a jog down the street on a random Tuesday watching my friends just casually flicking the tallest building out there and not even thinking a thing of it because it had been going on for weeks. Where else do you get to do shit like that? Yeah. (laughs) Just like you, I think I was one day I I stopped my car on the red light on that same spot. Yes. Looked up and they were in free fall and screaming. Yes. Opening the parachutes above 
the lights, you know? And it's like Noah and Mike and all these guys <laughs> just doing outrageous stuff and amazing. Yes. And and now you're coordinating being able to do that stuff as a brand. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly, man. Uh, full cycle, you yeah. know, like that's that's life. And there is a lot of things to learn from it, you know, like I I have this opportunity now, but in three, four, five years, who knows who will have it, sure. you know? So it could be it could be your packer. Sure. It could be your packer, you know, who will have this opportunity in 10 years from now. So, sure. So always treat people the way they deserve it and treat people the same. Well, and for, people... For who they are and what they are because, man, you know, like we all... Oh, yeah. Life is long. <laughs> and if you're a student or you're on a packing mat right now, be a sponge because you... There's a lot to learn. And you can learn things from the strangest of places. And there's something to learn from everybody, good or bad. Um, you see somebody that's doing it the wrong way, that's a lesson. You see somebody that's doing it the right way, that's a lesson. And then you get to see all the bizarre opportunities that are out there and how quickly everything is changing, technology and all that. I mean, uh, Vincent and uh, Fred, when they were doing Jetman, for fuck's sake, whoever thought that they were going to see somebody literally be Buzz Lightyear and take off from a standing start and go fly around Dubai on a jetpack. Incredible. Right. Yeah. Incredible, amazing, and and so sad that that project has vanished, you know, after sure. after a decade probably of hard work from, from all of them, from yeah. Fred, from Vince, from Eves, yeah. and all the team that was involved, you know. It's just it's just a bit sad that it, it there was no way it can keep going. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the in the near future, you know, I, they were really limitless. They didn't have limits, right? No. With all the things they were achieving and performing, and all the things they did, and all the things that I'm sure that they were still to be done. Oh yeah, I mean, I was I was lucky enough to to have very small parts of that project in flying formations with them when they were first getting used to flying next to aircraft before they were flying next to the Airbus and stuff and so I have pictures of of Jetman flying just off my wing and all these amazing things that these guys have done and then as just a jump pilot Looking back in the back of the plane and seeing guys like you and all the rock stars that have come through, just chucking drogues or shooting videos or having a fun jump and realizing, Jesus, these are cutting edge. This is the best of the best. Just playing, just having fun. Yeah, you know, going back to the Jetman subject, just like for once in in, in life, I think we were lucky as a scaling community that the right opportunity fell on the right hands, you yes. know. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like uh, if you give if you give me a jet wing, I it will be a disaster. <laughs> but the jet wing, the yeah. jetman, fell on Vince and Fred's hands. Oh, yeah. And that was just the most fair thing that could happen in in the skydiving community. You know. Oh, yeah. The best tool for the best jumpers. Yeah. So yeah, so so good that that happened. Not just for them, but it happened to, for for all of us to be able to. To witness it. Yeah, for sure. And for all the newer uh, jumpers, you're going to want to look up Jetman and you're going to want to look up the Soul Flyers. Uh, Soul Flyers are Vince and Fred. These are the guys that jumped off a mountain and flew into an airplane, uh, not the other way around, um, and did all these incredible things. So Soul Flyers and Jetman, man, you want to see some next level stuff, that's it. Yeah. And and they, they were, and they are, I mean, Fred, uh, just... People that they really love the sport, they lo they love jumping, they love skydiving. They, Fred still he do, he's still doing it hard, you know. Every, oh yeah. Every single day, base jumping, 
and it, he just really loves it. And oh. by, by loving it and doing it and training, that's how he he is so good and got all those opportunities. Oh yeah, when uh, when they were doing the uh, the video that released not all that long ago uh, um, of Fred doing the jump with snow skis on, uh, and I remember. A hundred times, Vince and Fred jumping out of an airplane, I'm flying, snapping on skis. And the first time I saw it, I'm like, the fuck are you guys doing? Because holy shit. And they're like, trust me, these skis are not coming off. It's all good. I'm like, it's cleared with everybody. They're like, yep, cool. Have fun. Yeah. And a transition from that to, you know, Fred doing these amazing jumps with a set of snow skis on. It was great. Yeah, man, they always trained hard for everything they wanted to do, you know, like nothing was left uh, for improvisation. They yeah. always they always train hard and spend, you know, a lot of jumps yeah. to accomplish what they what they accomplished. Yeah, for sure. So for you, any big uh, any big projects you can tell us about? Any anything's on the horizon to it, look out for? I mean, for me to to participate, I always want to be involved a little bit in in canopy piloting in souping. Hopefully, hopefully more as an organis- organizer event organizer. Uh, I really want to do stuff here in Dubai. You nice. know, I want I would like to organize some souping event and we would love to go back into into the base events too. Nice. Yeah, like uh, we I cannot share obviously more information but just to let you know that the interest is there. Nice. Like we want to be we want to do fun stuff, fun sure. events. And then souping and base jumping is just the stuff that everybody can see from the ground. Sure. You know, if it was something else we would choose something else. Well, swooping and base jump. Well, swooping specifically is the entrance into the Olympics, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. I mean, it's it's the one thing that the crowd can get into. Whereas it's very difficult to translate any other free fall portion of skydiving into an Olympic event because you got to watch a TV to to see it. You know, it's not crowd friendly. Exactly. Uh, so that's that's why we really want to focus on those two disciplines. You know, like mm-hmm. canopy piloting, swooping, and and hopefully another base jump event nice in the in the future so now social media wise how do people find you so they can see when you're going to compete and if you're doing coaching courses and all that stuff how do they find you man you know what i'm i'm really working on bringing my ego down <laughs> for the last uh, few years i, I have like to it. say probably since i'm a father i yeah. think yeah that'll do it and i'm i'm not i'm i'm not looking for for you to look at me. Nice. On Facebook or Instagram. My Facebook and Instagram is quite boring. Okay. I only post pictures of my family daughter doing barbecues and paellas. All right, fair enough. That's my goal I have now this year. My goal is to learn how to cook a proper paella. All right. Which is which is almost like the national dish in Spain, but most precisely the local regional dish where I was born. Valencia. Okay. So it's like a big pan and you mix just the rice, you know, the fish or chicken, even rabbit, snails, vegetables, not all at once. Of course, there is many different recipes. Sure, sure. But my goal this year is to cook that stuff on my backyard here in Dubai. Nice. So to have a simple life and uh, I'm not that big into social media anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Still some competitions in the future, though. If if you see something you like, you're going to go compete. Yes, I'm always a member of PD Factory team. I'm still a member of the PD Factory team. Competition? Uh, because I, I, you know, like in, in the past, I did a couple of competitions in 2018, 2019, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Soup Freestyle. I won both events, 2018, yes, 2019. Uh, then to 2020, we couldn't do anything because of COVID. 2021, I, I did the DIPC here in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fourth place, I was like, wow, yeah. I still can do this, you yes. know? 
And then now 2022, I did the World Games and I was like, nah, that was, <laughs> I cannot do it anymore. You know, eighth place, like I'm, that fourth place from the APC, I think I was just lucky. So it was a good reality check, man. It's a reality check. You have to be sharp and you have to be current and, and winning is only for those that really deserve it and do the hard work. Sure, sure, you sure. You know, so... That's that's for them. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what, though. You've put in the hard work and everything that you've gotten, you've definitely earned. So it's fantastic. Yeah. And here repping PD, you are the competition. Um, but PD and NZ Aerosports battling it out back and forth. And and uh, I, I don't think that there's uh, any begrudging anybody. Everybody just loves a good competition and flying a good wing. You know what? I The only people that create... Uh, uh, how to say it, drama, conflict, uh, gossip. It's only the jumpers at the drop zone. Sure. Like the companies, um, maybe love is not the right word, but they really appreciate each other. Oh, there's respect. Like they, they really appreciate each other. When, you know, Jairo, rest in peace, uh, when he was yeah. alive, really good friend of John from PD. Uh, they they communicate, they share, they like they have a great relationship. They They yeah. appreciate each other, almost like... Federer and Nadal, yeah, tennis yeah. players, you know, like Federer, Roger Federer, he just retired like a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. And Nadal was crying yeah. when he retired. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that John dropped a couple of uh, drops, you know, like eye drops. Of course. I'm sure he cried. Of course. When Jairo left. So yeah. they appreciate each other and the only drama and conflict and gossip, it's, it's between jumpers that they don't really yeah. know what's going on. For sure. At the upper level of the factories and yeah, companies, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, and it's just what each jumper prefers anyway, right? Yeah. And for me, when I hear things like this, I, I'm just tired and bored of that <laughs> conversation, too. you know? Me so I, I walk away. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. only, the only fight I'll get in anymore is 20 uh, years, it, it, 20 years listening jokes about, you know, uh, they, they copy this, they copy that. You, blah, blah. Man, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Talk to me about They're how amazing. to cook paellas. They're amazing. Wings. And I will share with you. Absolutely. But don't talk to me about this. All I'm going to say is that uh, my only battle anymore is I'm all iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Man, they are all amazing. All of, all those parachutes they both manufacture, they are all yeah, amazing. Yeah, Incredible. For sure. Wow. For sure. I love them all. Sir, <laughs> I, I can't thank you I love enough. them all, even if I can only fly one yeah, of them. But sure. I love them all. They look amazing. I'm man. not qualified to fly most of them anymore, <laughs> man. I mean, fuck me. <laughs> I'm yeah. be back on a student canopy here pretty soon, yeah. going the wrong direction. I think it's the right direction, man. You know, yeah. just to find find ways to still be involved with the sport. Yes. While protecting your physical integrity and trying to enjoy the sport for as long as you can. I've literally said it a million times. No one has ever been nor will ever be impressed with one of my swoops. And nobody gives a fuck if I'm flying a double-digit canopy anymore. It doesn't matter. Man, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. cares. No. And we always say that between us when we were training and competing for years, like... It's the competitor who really cares and has the ego and yeah. and feels hurt when he has bad performance, but but nobody cares. No, man. no. At the end of the day, it's nobody only the person cares. laying their head on the pillow, man. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's right. it. Pablo, thank you so much, man. 
Thank you, Dean. I'm humbled, man, like to keep getting these invites to come here and, and oh. share some thoughts with, with you. Well, it's a fantastic story, especially I did not know the origin story with your grandfather. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, man. and I'm, uh, I'm proud that we can do this just before you leave. Yes, Dubai. I've retired, man. You're going to be one of, the, one of the last people that's in the studio. So yeah. the rest of them are going to be a lot of Zoom calls. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. I look up to you, man, and good luck with your oh. journey. I'll take care. Blue skies, brother. Thanks. Beautiful. And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. By Pussfoot. That's right. Head to Pussfoot.com, the extreme sports collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to YouTube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe Podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around. Yeah.